Hello and welcome to Stories from India. This is a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. I know we just did an episode yesterday. But hey, it's Diwali. Happy Diwali. And as a treat, here's a bonus mini episode featuring one of many explanations for the origin of some Diwali traditions. Let's start this story with a wedding. It was a royal wedding between a prince and a princess. No major economic divide or feuding families here. But if everything was 100% fine, it wouldn't have been much of a story. The problem arose the day after the wedding. I was visiting this new couple. It's a regular habit with me. I think the day after the wedding is the best time to visit couples. That's when you get to properly say hello. And not when you're rushed on and off stage just for the space of time it takes the wedding photographer to snap a picture of you with the happy couple. Oh, I'm getting confused here. Photographers weren't invented yet. This was several centuries ago. But yeah, the rest of the stuff is true. So that morning, I had breakfast with the couple. Now, I'm also not very good at selecting wedding presents. So I just ask them what they want and deliver the gifts later. That allows me to impinge on their hospitality a second time when I'm delivering the gift. No such outcome this time, however. The bride, let's call her Dulhan, didn't ask for anything material. She asked for knowledge. Specifically, what was in store for the couple. Normally, I politely decline such requests. Knowledge of the future can change the outcome and not in a good way. It leads to stress and anxiety. But in this case, I could see that it was necessary to provide transparency. I told Dulhan somberly that her new husband, whose name was Dulha by the way, would pass away on the fourth day after the wedding. Hold on, hold on. Time out, she said. That's what you said would happen to Satyavan and Savitri in episode 31. Are you getting your lines crossed? But I assured her that though the prediction seemed similar, there were some differences between her situation and Savitri's, which would become clearer when we got to the show notes. Four days? That's all the time we have left together? She asked, still in shock. Well, no, I corrected her. Three days is what you have left. I'm counting from your wedding day, which was yesterday. That was true, but it didn't make it any more pleasant. 
My thinking had been that in the little time they had left, they might make the most of it. Well, at least tell me precisely when Yum will come for him and how, Dulhan asked me. So I did tell her. Yum, the god of death, would arrive as a serpent and bite Dulha in the middle of the night when he was asleep. Just to clarify, I meant when Dulha was asleep, not Yum. Otherwise, that wouldn't make much sense. And then Dulhan asked the question that everyone invariably asks whenever they hear a prediction of mine. It was a question of free will versus fate. Were my predictions guaranteed to happen? Or was there any room for changing the outcome? I answered that honestly, if I looked too hard to determine if this was going to be a guaranteed outcome, I might end up guaranteeing it. At that, her eyes brightened because she understood that to mean that the outcome could be changed. And she was right, of course. She didn't ask me to look closely because she didn't want to take the risk. After that, I left the palace, advising her again to maximize the time that she had left. She did certainly maximize the time, but not in the way that I had meant. So Dulhan spent the next two days not making memories, but doing research. She spoke to about a dozen of the best herpetologists and several of the best interior decorators. Now, in case you don't know, herpetologists are snake experts. Given that Yum would be appearing as a snake, this made sense. She was looking for a way to find some weakness that she could exploit. The interior decorators were pulled into the discussions when she realized that snakes really don't prefer bright spaces. They are shy creatures, preferring the nighttime and preferring the darkness of their homes. Except when they are yum in disguise, trying to capture an unsuspecting groom days after his wedding. But anyway, the snake's preference for darkness caught Dulhan's attention. And that's where the interior decorators came in. Dulhan described to them what she wanted. Maximum brightness. In her bedroom that night, it should be brighter than daylight on a cloudless summer day. It should be like the sun himself had stepped into the room. At this point, one of the interior decorators asked, if she could just request the sun to step into her room. I tried, Dulhan said, even ignoring the problem with having another man in my bedroom. Surya, the sun god, is on holiday, so that's not going to work. A few other interior decorators suggested the next best thing. Lights, lots of candles, and lamps. Dulhan shook her head. That would not be bright enough. 
Then, one apprentice interior decorator, who had been hesitant to speak, finally raised her hand. She said they could try amplifying the light by reflection. With mirrors? No. Metal. Lots of metal. Gold, preferably. But other kinds were perfectly fine too. They just had to be shiny. So, with a few hours remaining, Dulhan went about buying every bit of metal she could find. She also got her jewellery, the silverware, the dishes they ate out of. As evening approached and Dulha entered the bedroom, he protested that if Yum didn't kill him, he was certainly going to go blind here. The room was full of metal, of all kinds, and candles and lamps strategically placed so as to cause maximum reflection. At least I can put on an eye mask and sleep, Dulha said. Sorry, there is no sleep for you tonight. Narad was very clear. Yum is going to bite you in your sleep. So if Yum does overcome all this brightness, he still can't bite you if you aren't sleeping. At least, I hope so. It was a good backup plan. But Dulhan need not have bothered. Her plan worked perfectly. Yum entered that night in the form of a snake. But he was so confused and disoriented that he just spent the whole night in a small golden bowl in a place where he got some relief from the brightness. Snakes do not have eyelids. So he couldn't just close his eyes to escape the brightness. In the morning, when the appointed hour of Dulha's death had passed, without any harm coming to Dulha, Yum decided to move on, without his victim. He sighed and marked Dulha's ticket with a revisit in 50 years stamp. And that is how, with a clever application of science and with a sudden sharp investment in the metals industry, a bride managed to save her husband's life. So there are some parallels with the Satyavan and Savitri story, as Dulhan herself pointed out. But the difference is that Savitri technically brought Satyavan back past the point of theoretical no-return. Yam, in today's case, appeared as a snake to cause death. And in Savitri's case, only appeared after death had already occurred, and he had only come to collect Satyavan's soul. The story suggests the origin for a couple of traditions, the lighting of lamps and the collection of metals. People buy metal on Dhanteras. That day had just passed this time, so I am slightly late with this portion. But the tradition of lighting lamps is something people do on Diwali. There are a couple of other explanations for why people light lamps, including a story that we have done last year. Check the links to that in the show notes and on the site sfipodcast.com. In keeping with the tradition of this show, 
the names of the characters are derived from the roles they play. Dulhan and Dulha are Hindi words for bride and groom. Next time, we'll go back to our regular schedule with the story of Tilotama next weekend. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories that you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. Again, I wish you and your loved ones a very happy Diwali. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.